Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up right today with Michael Jones. He's the president and CEO of Westvolt Mining. They're a TSXV listed gold developer with assets in Nevada. Quite an interesting uh, model, unconventional and confident one. And if you're a gold bug and you don't mind waiting for higher returns in a positive gold environment, uh, this might be the one for you. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, topics discussed, the company itself, and indeed the business model, uh, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There are commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies, really insightful stuff. Training courses to help you with your diligence process. Summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time because we know you're busy. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors, sharing all of that content with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, you should join them at cruxinvestor.com dot com forward slash club. Michael, how are you doing, sir? Great, great to be on. Well, thanks for joining us all the way from sunny Johannesburg. How are things down there? Ah, very well, actually. Things are uh, improving as they are, I think, around the world. And why are you there? Uh, well, I, I have uh, two jobs. I work for Platinum Group Metals, but by uh, what I want to talk to you today about is uh, is about West Vault Mining and the gold in Nevada. So I'm CEO and co-founder of West Vault, and uh, we're at quite an interesting point with the company. And um, gold, of course, is uh, starting to move back up, I think. Right, okay, well, let's, let's get stuck into it then. Why don't you give us a one minute overview of what you've got there, and then I'll pick it up with some questions. Sure, well, West Vault, uh, as the name implies, is gold in the vault. So um, it's gold sticking out of the ground in Nevada. Um, it's just under a million ounces of resource. Um, it's got a proven and probable reserve that's ready to go into production. So very unusually, it's actually a fully permitted reserve of gold in two pits that investors can very inexpensively get exposure to safe, secure gold in Nevada. That's the story. Okay, fantastic. So how long have you been at this? When did, when did this start? Um, I think we started when Christ was last in Chicago. Um, it was a really long time ago. Um, so we've been at this for about 10 years, actually. Um, and uh, we acquired the property um, uh, in a distressed situation with a company called Allied Nevada that some investors might remember. They got into trouble on a project in northern Nevada. And we, we set out in a very dark period of the gold market to actually look for a project that had a 20% internal rate of return after tax at $1,200 gold. That was our requirement. And we identified this project as very attractive because it sticks up out of the ground. The problem with it was it wasn't for sale. So we didn't let that deter us. We actually bid for the property. And the owners at the time told us that was an insulting bid and they never wanted to talk to us again. Um, and we knew we were on the right track then. Of course, when you make a bid for a property, the last thing you want is somebody to say sold to you. Um, you want them to tell you to get stuffed, um, which they did. And uh, we kept pursuing it until they were in deep, dark trouble and we were able to buy the property. So we've taken a number of steps over the years to redo all the feasibility study work, redo the resource, redo the mine plan, do all the permitting, buy out the uh, royalty, um, consolidate the ownership 100%, and now it's ready to go into construction. Right, so how much money have you spent on it today, including the uh, recent raise? Um, it all together compiled, we're about $20 million, including the purchase. Right. Okay. Um, it's not, not a lot, not a whole bunch of money for something that you're talking about being production ready. So, um, 
if we look at the share price, you I don't whatever, 67, 70 million bucks, there, there, there or thereabouts. Markets come off of precious metals. Um, your chart kind of follows that, maps that precisely. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what do you do? How do you get out of that? Well, listen, I think I think that uh, the gold market will turn around. I mean, our shareholders are interesting in that um, 70% of our stock is owned by our top five shareholders. 46% of our stock is owned by the Sun Valley Gold Fund. They're very long-term, stable believers in the price of gold. And, um, you know, they believe we will see a new secular high in the price of gold over $2,000. And that's the point at which we look at putting it into production and returning capital to shareholders. So this is quite a different gold company than your standard junior gold that's exploring and hoping um, and risking dilution and share capital against the next drill hole. This is a very staid, conservatively managed reserve of gold with some owners that have you know, incredible staying power, um, as does the company. So um, this is for somebody who really believes in that next move in gold and wants to put it away. So talk to me about that 2000 number. You, you're saying you need to wait till it gets to that point before this thing starts getting Well, it's, that's that's an interesting question because, you know, at, at $1,800 gold, um, the project has a $300 million net present value, 5% discount rate after tax, and a 92% internal rate of return. Um, having, having And that's at $1,800 gold. Having said that, given that it's just one year for construction and you're in production, our shareholders really want to maximize the value of that gold by putting it into production at the right time as gold establishes that new high. So they've got a quite a different strategy, I think, than than other folks where a 92% internal rate of return doesn't impress them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a strange one, don't you feel? I mean, you, you're comfortable with that? Absolutely, 100% aligned. Right, So, but there's a cost of capital. Um, if you're sitting around waiting for the next two years for that to happen, the cost of capital surely prohibits that kind of thinking carrying on. Well, cost of which capital? So interesting, that's another interesting component of the story. So you know, our shareholders have, first of all, been super supportive. So to them, equity is not dilution. It's just chipping up their pro rata share, number one. Now, and so there's no dilution to them, per se, because they've just matched pro rata. The other thing that we did that's unusual is that um, we bought out our private partner, Waterton, in a very accretive deal. So they realized with a 25% interest that it was going to be hard to sell it to somebody else, given that we control the project. And they agreed to a transaction where we bought it out at our market cap rate. So we actually bought, uh, for $11 million, we bought 25% of the project at that time. Um, and it was a $72 million NAV. So that was a super accretive transaction. We also bought back a royalty from Newmont. Um, there was an expiration piece of ground that they coveted in Northern Nevada. And we traded that for a 1.1% NSR over our own property. Um, and, and at that point, we only owned 75% of the property. So it was separate. And just recently, in the last couple of weeks, we completed a transaction where we effectively canceled that royalty and created the equivalent in a stream, thereby not adjusting the project economics. And we sold that to Sprott for $7 million. Um, so, you know, the company has uh, about $8 million in cash, US. Um, and the other unique feature of this company is, is that we've ground the uh, holding costs of the entire public company, land fees, claim holding fees, public company audit, everything, down to under a million dollars Canadian a year. 
So with our current cash position, we can last something like nine years and not issue a share. Um, so again, that conservative way of managing this net asset value and gold in the ground is something that's a philosophy of the company and, and a reason for investors to own it. Okay, no, I appreciate you explaining that. There are a few, few terms attached to, to, to the streaming, the, the six plus one point plus point three component. Yes, understood. Correct. Um, but it's a very, like I say, it's a very interesting way to look at a junior mining company, which are usually desperate to get into production as quickly as they possibly can. Um, that said, can you just tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing? If this thing gets into production, what sorts of numbers are we talking about? You explain the NAV, MP, MP5 numbers, but how much are you producing or hope to be producing? Sure. So it's so recovered gold, um, you know, in bars at the end of the day, um, it's uh, 70,000 ounces a year on average um, and it produces for eight years. So roughly 560,000 ounces recovered. And that doesn't count the hill of gold, um, which is a deposit we just bought out the rights to which adds another 40,000 ounces in non-compliant resource. Doesn't sound like a lot, but given that it just goes right onto the Three Hills pad, which is fully permitted and right next door, um, that, that could add another 30 to $40 million worth of profit to the situation. So again, when you're super focused on return of capital to shareholders, those small incremental um, additions actually become quite important, um, especially when you look at what the company is trading at. Okay, so, so given that model, explain to me, um, will the idea be to sit there on this cash until the market, well, the, the price of gold hits a number that you're satisfied with, or do you spend some of it on expiration and, and again, follow, sorry, and follow a conventional path to creating value, or are you going to be completely unconventional the whole way through? Uh, right now, we're completely unconventional, so we're super conservative. We're a reserve of gold. Um, that's our corporate approach. It's in our name. And um, we have spent a fair amount of money on that previously on the property and expiration. So also probably pretty unique in that we're the only junior gold company that's ever going to admit that there isn't massive expiration potential here. We've spent the money we've explored for it. Yeah. Wow. Right. This is like new territory here. So we've looked for a, you know, a place to go double those reserves and we don't see it. Um, so we do see potential in the root of the Hasbrook pit, but we won't be there for eight years. And it's very expensive to drill that from surface. It's because it's the root right underneath a hill, a hill of gold that you're going to mine. So we will get there. We will mine it. But there's no point in spending $150,000 a drill hole to prove up to something that we will get to anyway, especially when you'd issue shares trading at 0.2 times your NAV or less. Why would you do that? That's net dilutive to return to shareholders. So we're not going to do that. We're going to wait until we're closer to it. We can get at it from the pit and we'll go mine it. Um, and we'll return that money to our stockholders. Sounds like a business, which is, you know, in gold, weird. So there you go. It, well, it, it, do, it doesn't sound weird, but it does sound unconventional. Um, so I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the, the, the degree of honesty about this. But I've got to ask you a question. Do you think the market understands this? I'm looking, judging by the questions sent in, not so much. Not yet. I mean, listen, we've got a slide in our presentation that shows that the NAV at $1,800 gold is $5 US a share. We're trading at $1 Canadian. So clearly, there's a disconnect and we have some work to do to find those investors that actually want to look for value. Um, there's lots of people out there selling upside and dreams. This is actual 
real value and gold. And we do think though, that as gold starts to come into focus, people will say, where is their value? I don't think that question is being asked a lot because people are a little uncertain about gold right now. But, but you know, we did see our share price get up to $1.90 Canadian. It was started to, to move and we're half that now. So we've lost some of the shareholders, obviously, that have lost their faith in gold. Fair enough. Um, but as that faith returns, we do think it will very quickly be seen as a significant value play against others. Well, okay. It's either lost faith in gold price or lost faith in your business plan, right? Because they don't understand it. So let's, let's try and help them kind of get there because this, does liquidity matter to you? If there's no growth story. Uh, well, liquidity is always important to investors. And I think, um, you know, it's important to achieve a multiple. You need some liquidity. So it is something that we need to work on. We need to do more things like this, where we get the word out about the company and its value. And, um, you know, we're, we're conservative and it's a different story, but it doesn't mean that we can't tell the story and get some increased liquidity. So I think that is something we can work on as, as management and a board. And we do have some plans to do that over the next six to 12 months. Um, it's in our annual budget. Um, but again, don't expect us to go spend, you know, 500,000 or a million dollars a year on promotion that doesn't fit with our business strategy. So, um, you know, it'll be modest, but I think a modest amount of exposure can change the valuation by creating some demand for shares. And when you look at our share structure, there's over 70% of our stock is well held by senior institutions. Right. So given the, given the model you've described to me, this is one sort of giant ATM, by right? a cash machine. I'm not quite sure whether you're, what the phrase is in North America. It's not necessarily a growth story unless you do something like M&A and employ presumably a similar type of model. So is that going to happen? So that's an interesting question. So again, it goes back to assessment of value and whether a deal is accretive or not, right? Real accretion as opposed to the story. And it's very interesting when you do that. Obviously, with this sort of setup, we've been approached many times. And as you get approached, there are two major problems that come very, very quickly into focus. The first one is, what's the stage of the project that's proposing a merger in an M&A deal? Oh, they don't have all their permits. Okay, well, let's assume we can get over that, but it's a really good project, right? Well, wait a minute, it doesn't have a 92% internal rate of return. Um, okay, well, it's got lots of growth. Okay, well, now we're betting on expiration again. Okay, well, let's let's say, let's see what they're trading at. They're trading at 0.6 times their NAV, and we're trading at 0.2 times their NAV. So to get anywhere close, they've got to pay three times our share price. And you know, that's the second problem is that's very hard to find somebody who's got the guts even though the value is there that's willing to do that. So there's, there's a lot of structural impediments to actually the M&A idea if you're not just focused on a story, but you're focused on real value. And, and that's where we are. So, so far, we have not found a fully permitted project with a better than 92% IRR that's trading at 0.2 times NAV. If we find one of those, we'll probably be super keen. Um, and, you know, that's the exact reason that an investor should be interested in us, because those are really hard to find. Given the scenario that you've described, I mean, you could argue that perhaps they've got it right and you've got it wrong. <laughs> well, in the short term, sure. But eventually the, 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 the chickens come home to roost. Right. Which is like the real there is real money involved here when you actually build it and produce. So, you know, eventually, um, you know, good stories rise to the top. Um, and, you know, th this will. I mean, if we have to build it, 
to prove the point, we can do that too. I mean, I've produced gold in Nevada for six years. I bought out the private partner uh, uh, 300 kilometers down the road. I've been there, done that. So um, if that's what it takes to have the value show up, then fine. But, you know, we've got a little bit of work to do until we look at construction financing and, and, and the, the share issuance that that would take. So what was the moment you decided to get on this route? Was it because the exploration wasn't working out or you decided when you walked into this thing, that was the way you were going to play it? Well, it was interesting. I mean, we bought the property for value. We did some good exploration work. We looked hard. We didn't find anything that was easy. And um, we were suffering share dilution, spending money on exploration. And Sun Valley Gold um, started to acquire shares. They saw great value here. And they said, listen, if the market wants to continue to hand us great value, we'll take it. So they ended up buying out of the market and, and buying pro rata financings. And now they're at 46% of the stock. So that eventually drives you a point to say, well, okay, there's, there's value here. This is a value play. Let's focus on what we are and what's different. Okay. Hill of Gold. Um, obviously, Sprott have taken a bit of an option on that too um, with the recent uh, deal. Are you going to do anything with that? I mean, is there, surely, because you, you know less about that. So you're less probably certain about what model you're going to employ there. So are you spending any money on that? So what we're doing right now is um, we are spending some money on it and that we're permitting it. So it's an addition to the permits we have. So the full project we've talked about and all the NAV numbers are all fully permitted. We can go tomorrow. Um, adding Hill of Gold onto the Three Hills pad, that requires an amendment of the Three Hills permit and it requires a mining permit at um, Hill of Gold. So that work we are doing and that's straightforward engineering. Um, in terms of metallurgical test work, um, pit design and so on, those are actually all done there. They've been done for many years there. Um, so, and there is some exploration potential immediately north of that pit. But again, that would be exploration funding, which would be dilutive at 0.2 times nav. So we're not doing that work. Um, will there be some more gold there? Sure. Will it add to the Three Hills mine life? Most likely. But is that something you want to do, issuing shares at 0.2 times nav when you don't have to? Probably not. So let's do the engineering work to make sure we can grab the value when we turn the Three Hills mine on, but let's not go blow our brains out. So again, very conservative strategy, very engineering and value focused. Is there any point that you've doubted the model that you've employed? No. <laughs> Good answer. Well, do you know? I'd be disappointed if you didn't say that, obviously. But you've got the comfort. You've got the comfort of one, obviously, the cash, which is which is which is great. But you've got to have a really, really strong view of the marketplace. And you know, obviously, pricing what it's doing now, it's it's there must be moments of doubt. And you go, well, we we may be sitting on this thing for eight years. No, I mean, listen, it's it's a gold investment, right? Are we doing what um, what? the shareholders should want us to do, the answer is yes. I mean, we're, we're conserving value in gold um, and, and this is a business. This is not, this is not a game. Um, this is not a speculation. This is not a, an exploration play. This is not a story. This is a business. Um, and it's, it's, it's a real business about the real value of gold in the ground. And it's sitting in Nevada. It's super safe. It couldn't, we're playing to all of our strengths. The gold's super safe. It's super high margin. It's $700 an ounce to produce it. Um, whether gold's $1,800 or $2,000, it doesn't matter, except the money that it puts in your pocket. And the, and the capital is $47 million to build it. So 
you know, assuming you put some debt leverage on it, it won't be a lot because our shareholders have the money. Um, but, you know, you put some debt leverage on it. Th- this is about making money. Um, and, you know, whether we make money in one year's time or three years time, it really doesn't make any difference. It's about making the maximum amount of money. Um, and so that's how our shareholders see it. And we have the luxury of having 70% of our stock with like-minded investors that can fund the whole thing. Okay, we'll talk to me about who's going to be coming into this one. You, you, you're going out and telling this story more now, which is fantastic. You've got your stable of solid investors. What type of investor are you trying to appeal to? So we're looking for people that believe in the price of gold and have a perspective that's beyond next week, Tuesday, right? I mean, that's it. Th- th- those are two very, seems to me, different crowds. There's the gold bugs who will back you all the way, but they don't want to be sitting around waiting. So that, that's what I'm saying. You, you've got, it's a very... Well, I think, yeah, it's sure. It's it's narrow. It's a subset. And it's exactly that subset that we want. We want people who have a a medium term belief in the price of gold, uh, medium to long term price belief in the price of gold. And they have the patience to work through and 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 take advantage of cyclical changes. I mean, this is a classic example. The stock stock prices is half what it was. Project hasn't changed. Um, you know, the internal rate of return is still ridiculous, even at $1,730 gold like we are today. Um, so, you know, that that's the investor we're looking for. And, and slowly but surely, I mean, you know, there's only so many shares outstanding. I mean, um, you know, to be really blunt about it, I mean, eventually we'll run out of stupid sellers. I mean, you know, we'll get there. Stupid sellers in the market. Are there any? <laughs> Um, well, look, I, I, I'm fascinated by the story. I want to see how this plays out because it's like refreshingly honest, you know, to the point. And I've imagine not, that, hey? in, wow. this, in this industry, no, it's very hard to imagine that. But uh, it's, it's certainly an, definitely an interesting one. I've not heard anyone employ this before or you know, even discuss it as yeah. a thought, let alone try and do it. So I'm intrigued. Stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Obviously, I suspect the, the, the news cycle is going to be a bit slow. Well, we'll see. I mean, um, I think uh, as as gold starts to move, this will become in focus very, very quickly. And, um, you know, it's not like it's not like we have a challenge of uh, being able to raise the money either. I mean, it's it's four phone calls and it's over. Right. So, you know, when we decide to go, it will go. And, um, you know, we've already done the engineering work on things like detailed cost positive estimates, detailed Gantt charts. I mean, we, we know exactly what to do by week um, to put this into production. And it's a matter of weeks to turn it on. So, you know, it, it really is something pretty straightforward. Yep. Simple heat leach operation, reasonably yes, low exactly. carbacks. Okay. Understood. Michael, I appreciate your time today. I loved it. I love a new story. So Good. This, this really helps. Good. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, we will keep you up to date. As soon as we're moving, we'll, uh, we'll be back in touch. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.